What was it like to transition from a White House intern to eventually becoming the COO of Clean Capital, which now manages 250 megawatts of clean energy assets in over 20 states, plus 150 plus sites? In this Greenlight episode, I will speak with Zoe Berkery about this, Clean Capital's recent $500 million funding round led by Canada's Manulife, and why more senior women leaders are needed to accelerate the energy transition. Zoe will also speak about Clean Capital's acquisition of BQ Energy, adders in the Inflation Reduction Act for brownfield projects, remote versus hybrid work, and Clean Capital's Allyship Committee and DEIJ-focused internship program. This Greenlight episode is taking place at the annual RE Plus conference in Las Vegas at the Suncast Power Up Live stage, which is why you may hear some conference attendees in the background. Thanks for tuning into the green light. Now let's dive in. So I'm Catherine McLean, founder and CEO of Dylan Green. And today I have with me Zoe Berkery, COO at Clean Capital. Thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Catherine. Um, so for those of... Um, people who don't know. Can you please introduce yourself and what you do at Clean Capital? Absolutely. So I am currently the Chief Operating Officer at Clean Capital. So what does that mean? Um, Me and my team, we oversee all things asset management for our growing fleet of commercial scale solar and battery storage uh, projects across the country. We currently have about 250 megawatts across 20 states, 153 sites, it's a lot to manage. Commercial scale is no, is no joke. And throughout the history of clean capital, we've put over a billion dollars to work in the space. So, you know, our, our portfolio has ranged as, as large as 500 megawatts. Right now it's 250 and we're, we're continuing to grow and build. Great. Great. That's wonderful. And I know that you started out as a white house intern. Yes. And then you worked your way up to your current role. Um, do you think having more senior women leaders in clean tech could help advance the energy transition as well as the DEIJ initiative? Of course. I mean, climate change is not just a white male problem. In order it's to not? No, I'm not crazy. <laughs> and in order to effectively solve any problem, you need those affected by it to be part of the conversation. Right. I think barring that, you're not going to find effective solutions to what we're at the end of the day, all here because of, and that's climate change and when wanting to support the clean energy transition. Yep. So I think, you know, increasing the diversity of perspectives, voices, faces mm-hmm. in in the industry is, is mission critical. Mm-hmm. Um, without that, I think we will we will fall flat. Yeah, um, for sure. Yep. Um, I, and countless studies show that women, in particular, are actually savvier investors. So, I mean, the data shows it. It's a good thing we're allowed to open a bank account without a male uh, right. signature. These days. So we actually we need more <laughs> more women in investment committees and right. and driving you know where we're putting our our capital into. I think yeah. in order to continue to accelerate this transition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've been very lucky in my career to have had a lot of really strong female mentors mm-hmm. that have really helped champion me to get to where I am right now. Mm-hmm. And I hope to, to be doing the same to, to others and, yep. and, in, and pushing the DEI uh, conversation as much as possible. Yep. Uh, you've progressed from a mergers and acquisition associate at Clean Capital to running the place. So chief operating officer. With help. <laughs> With lots of help. With help. Um, what, was some, what was like your progression like? And do you have any advice for those that can make similar strides? Absolutely. So I can't. You know, stress this enough that I think it is so important to do a lot of learning by doing in your mm-hmm. career. I was given an excellent opportunity in the earliest founding days of Clean Capital 
where we were really just getting our feet under ourselves. Mm -hmm. There was so much work to be done and we all wore a million hats every single day. I was definitely the most junior person at that point. Mm -hmm. I didn't say no to a single project or ask that was thrown my way. I I had no ego and I just Mm -hmm. dove in. And I had, you know, prior to that been on the policy side of things. Mm -hmm. So finance and investing in capital markets was brand new to me, you know, at the very start of, of, of my time in this space. So I, it was a lot of grunt work, putting in the hours, again, not saying no, um, and Googling every little thing I didn't understand and, and not being afraid to ask questions yep. along and the way. It's one of the number one things I get asked when I'm taking briefs for job descriptions. Yeah. They want somebody that has that intellectual curiosity. Completely. I'm like, so somebody that Googles stuff. They're like, exactly. That's the number one thing <laughs> I am looking for in interviews. I'm, you know, I, I ask how people deal with a, a, a challenge that they, that they come across and yeah. you know what are the steps that they take yep. and if their first response is I, I ask someone and they, they haven't even delved into the into the problem or looked up potential solutions even if it's wrong yeah. I know that that's maybe not not someone who's going to be the right fit because we really want we always say we want to hire athletes at Clean Capital mm-hmm. people that are able to you know potentially play a number of different roles and really just get their get their hands dirty in any problem yeah. that we might have and so kind of back to starting as an M&A associate, as the team grew, as our assets under management grew, we really needed someone full-time overseeing all things performance and asset management and reporting out to investors, finding ways to harvest more value, you know, post-operations. We just knew that there was there was more that could be done in terms of right. contract extensions, property tax optimization. So that really spoke to me. A lot of people think I'm crazy, but I, I like how tangible asset management can be. Yeah. Seeing those kilowatt hours turn into real, real dollars sure, that just sure. attracts more investment. Um, so it's been a cool, a cool ride cool. building out the team. Yeah. What are some of the projects that you're most proud of working at Clean Capital? Yeah. So I actually alluded to one where we've done a major push in terms of extending existing contracts with mm-hmm. some of our customers. So over the last couple of years, we've extended about 18 megawatts of capacity, but what that really resulted in was an additional $40 million in revenue that wow. had not been previously underwritten or in our financial models. Wow. That can be, you know, somewhat lower lower dollar value, <laughs> but when it's when it's you know hadn't been in the initial um, investment thesis, it's, right. it's it's an incredible win for the company sure. and for solar in general. Sure. Um, I would also add just actually building out the asset management team. Right. We had previously outsourced a lot of these services, um, and now we have. We, we do the full suite of asset management services in-house from technical management and oversight, finance and accounting, and then optimization, kind of mm-hmm. looking at those additional opportunities in mm-hmm. the space. On kind of not just in the asset management and operations space, I would say championing or being, being a champion of Clean Capital's allyship committee and our internship program that looks to offer interns or internship opportunities to individuals that don't have any experience in the space, okay. potentially come from you know a DEI community, right. and we're really challenging ourselves to expand our network right. because if we're only hiring people you know, right. we're not solving the problem. Right. So exactly, or maybe like more people from like an LMI background. Yeah, exactly. That might not have gone to like yeah. an Ivy League school. Exactly. I know. Yeah. 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 Um, so Clean Capital recently closed a $500 million round led by Canada's Man New Life, as well as surpassed a billion cumulative capital deployed into solar and storage projects. 
Can you share a bit more about these milestones and why you think they're significant? Yeah, so we're really proud of the relationship we built with John Hancock Manulife. Mm -hmm. They were our first investor back in 2016 mm -hmm. on our first 8 megawatt portfolio um, across 15 sites. They came in as a debt capital provider. And so being able to revisit that relationship in a much bigger scale right. equity partnership that we closed initially in April of 2021 and just recently upsized a few months ago, mm -hmm. I think really speaks to them trusting our, you know, our investment thesis and how we see see the world, right. how, we, how we want to really push the clean energy transition and, mm -hmm. and grow in the space. Um, and they've been absolutely amazing to work with and have made my life overseeing asset management really, really much better. They're just, yeah. it's kind of nice having that one point of contact um, and working, working with them so closely. And then the $1 billion milestone is still so surreal because <laughs> underneath that, that quick, you know, dollar value that you can just spit out there, it's just, you know, it's hundreds of thousands of KWH generated. Yeah. It's hundreds of thousands, potentially, oh no, maybe yeah. hundreds of truck rolls, um, yeah. you know, maintaining the sites. There's just so much work that went into that. Um, it's just a very cool milestone to have I, hit. I would get confused on the spreadsheet. Like, am I, have I put enough zeros in or something? But I'm yeah. not a finance guru, <laughs> but that would throw me. Um, <laughs> so what are some opportunities and challenges you see with IRA? That's it, it's top of mind, I think, on every single team mm -hmm. call we have, and I think it will be for a long time, and that's a good problem to have. Mm -hmm. um, prior to the IRA being announced, Clean Capital acquired BQ Energy Development mm -hmm. last spring. They are a solar developer focused on, and battery storage, um, focused on developing in brownfield sites. Okay, interesting. So that was, you know, with the IRA adders on mm -hmm. investments um, and development on in, you know, brownfield and less... Uh, I guess less desirable land. Yes, we're, we were very excited about that, and it's it's a great space to be in, regardless. But yeah. with the IRA adders, that's only only made us more excited yeah, about that maybe investment. Like beige field, just right? Like yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but then, from the asset management perspective, I think exploring how prevailing wage and the apprenticeship requirements mm -hmm. will play out in terms of our O and M assumptions, and you know how the contracting changes and, and how the reporting will be required is still mm -hmm. something we're wrapping our heads around, right. um, but again, good problems to have. Mm -hmm. And then another item that's top of mind is repowering and how the IRA incentives may actually encourage folks to jump into a repowering scenario, maybe earlier than they would have or mm -hmm. at all right. um, in terms of getting those, uh, you know, recapturing the ITC mm -hmm. if you were to replace about 80% or more of, this, of an existing site. Okay. So my next question was going to be a bit about some of the investment trends. So I know you've just touched on it a bit. Can you yeah. talk a little bit more about, I think you guys came out with a market predictions article yeah. with some insights there? Sure. Yeah. And each of the executives kind of gave their, gave their insights yeah. into where they, they saw everything going. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd say in general, you know, clean capital takes a lot of pride in building long-term uh, performing assets, you know, we're not looking to flip them the next year. Right, right. Um, so we, you know, we have, we ensure that our asset management team, um, a lot of my championing of this are, are involved in the earliest days of the investment, right. you know, thinking through kind of how we're, how we're going to do this on the technical due diligence side, property tax insurance. I want to make sure we're thinking about that all on the front end. Right. We don't have surprises later, hopefully not post COD. Yep. I mean, things always happen. Um, but I think that that has only grown the trust from our investors and right. it's made us a stronger investor in the space as a result. You're very thoughtful. Yeah, which, exactly. Which again, try to is, be. Mm -hmm. you know, a woman kind of, you know, yeah, thing maybe there. <laughs> right. Agreed. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so speaking of trends, what are your thoughts on a topic that is very <laughs> yes. near and dear to mm-hmm. my heart, uh, remote versus hybrid? So it's something that we are constantly grappling with at Clean Capital. Yeah. We've always been a very remote-friendly company, mm-hmm. even prior to COVID. And mm-hmm. that, of course, you know, just only, only grew during COVID. Um, but I am a firm believer that I think to have a strong culture yep. within your company, which we take a lot of pride in and have mm-hmm. really tried to foster over the years. And as we grow, that gets harder to do when you're fully, fully sure. remote. Sure. Um, so I think in order to foster, you know, a very healthy and strong culture, as well as for junior folks to learn mo- most effectively, mm-hmm. you need that FaceTime. Sure. So we are debating maybe a, a two day a week in office sort of soft requirement for those that live around the New York area where yeah. we have headquarters, but we do have satellite offices in Buffalo and San Diego and in North Carolina. Um, so oh, trying to get that. folks, you know, together as much as possible. Oh, that's cool. Um, I didn't know that you had a presence in San Diego. We do. That's yes. Nice. Alyssa and Mia. Yeah. Cool. I mean, small, two folks, yeah. but hey, yeah. they have a little co-working space and they love it because they well, wanted that, that connectivity. Well, that's it. I mean, you only just need two to co-work. Right. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Just one more. Just one more. <laughs> yeah. Um, two, two is company. <laughs> So um, I just want to thank you for your time and doing this with me. Likewise, this was fun. <laughs> I really appreciate it, Kathy. And um, I just, you know, just a big shout out to Clean Capital because I've known you guys for so many years. And like the amount of candidates I speak to who are like, I want to work for a company like Clean Capital. Oh, that is so nice it's to hear. It's just, honestly, to get to that point, it's just, it just doesn't go unnoticed in the industry. That is that is music to my ears. <laughs> and I know, I hope we, we're doing everything we can to maintain that. So I really appreciate that. And it's been excellent working with you over the years. Oh, Dylan Green you. is is amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Greenlight podcast. Are you looking for your next role in climate tech? Join the largest growing network of clean tech professionals and be the first to know about when industry leading clean tech companies first post new openings from development to finance to project management by checking out our website, dylan-green.com slash latest hyphen jobs. If you're a clean tech employer and need help scaling your workforce efficiently with top tier candidates, contact me directly on LinkedIn.